Hi, this is Mark Lowry, and you're on Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. We're the most giving country. We've given more to the world financially and resources than any country has ever given. And it's all an outgrowth of our foundational faith. Thank you, Mark Lowry, for the introduction. You are absolutely hilarious, my friend. You can hear my conversation with Mark at onfaithsedge.com slash 92. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 92, where we talk about how he started in comedy, why he calls himself a Christian agnostic, and why it's important for Christians to be transparent. I loved my conversation with Mark at onfaithsedge.com slash 92. Well, hello. Welcome to the 122nd episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. Today, we are joined by award-winning Nashville recording artist, Tim Maggart. Tim and I met in Nashville, Tennessee at the CBA Unite event. Tim's a really great guy and has a genuine, sincere spirit about him. I'm really glad I got to know this guy. We talk a great deal about the impact of faith on the foundation of the country, liberty, and patriotism. Tim is the founder of the New American Freedom Train. He put together a really talented team of musicians and a multimedia production crew who works together to provide one of the most unique, relevant, and entertaining shows in the country. In the spirit of unity, honor, and respect, the New American Freedom Train show appeals to audiences of all ages and backgrounds. With every performance, lives are touched. American heritage is honored, and the seeds for transforming communities are planted. In today's show, Tim and I talk about the link between faith and the foundation of our country. We talk we talk about this project, the New American Freedom Train Show, and the album of the same name. We discuss his wife Kathy's book, The 1947 Freedom Train, and how a stack of beer cans and a Bible led him to God. Tim and I just had a uh, conversation about Sometimes are there's no better word. We can't find a better word than the word we learned when we were in middle school. You know, all the S dot 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 or H dot 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 word. Sometimes no matter how hard we try to be good Christians, we can't find that good word. I am here with Tim Maggart from the New American Freedom Train show. And Tim and I met yesterday. I, I met Tim and his uh, his lovely wife, Kathy. Uh, I am at the uh, Unite show at ICRS in Nashville. And... I was having trouble with a banner and boy, Tim and Kathy just jumped right in there. Didn't know me from hoot and jumped right in there and helped me. Uh, uh, and we got to talking about their project and I'm like, well, this is an important work that these guys are doing. Uh, so not only do I have a, a fully operational banner, but I've made a good friend and a tremendous sh- subject to bring to you guys. The new American freedom train show. Tim, Welcome. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be with you, man. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for inviting us too. So. You bet, you bet. Thank you for your help yesterday. Mental the banner looks great. <laughs> it's representing on Faith's Edge really nicely out yeah, there in the I, Hall of Opryland Hotel. I appreciate that. So we're going to talk about the New American Freedom Train show. We're going to talk about. I know your wife has a book as well, and the work that you're doing. And then we're going to talk about you and your faith a little bit. I know you have a tremendous faith story and. And the work that you're doing here is important. So tell us about the New American Freedom Train Show, Tim. Well, you know, to tell you about it, I have to just give you a real brief history of the 1947 Freedom Train. 
And that was an event that uh, we came out of World War II. Uh, having lost 400,000 Americans, we were trying to bounce back from the Great Depression. And Harry, Harry Truman commissioned the Heritage Foundation to build this train. Um, it was one of the first diesel engines of its time. They painted it white, put red and blue stripes on it. And they loaded it up with 127 of our nation's prized possessions, sort of like that, that you would only get to see in D.C., like the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and many th- other things. A Marine contingent accompaniment carried it around the country for 18 months. Millions of people got on board. There's amazing stories about uh, people waiting for hours to get on and school kids. There's one story of a like 2000 school kids waiting to get on. And these girls, they're all girls. And uh, when it came into the station in Brooklyn, they kissed the, the white stripe and turned it red. And uh, just things like that. You know, when I read it, when I read about that story, I'm like, why haven't I heard that history before? I like, I love history, you know? And so as a songwriter, I was inspired and I, I wrote the song Freedom Train. I ended up releasing it to small radio market in the inspirational country music genre through the inspirational country music association and it became number nine on their chart and your wife kath has written a book that is based on the the american freedom train is that right the 1947 freedom train right there was actually two freedom trains there was one in 1947 that was the 1947 freedom train then there's one that was the american freedom train that was in 1770 or 1976 gotcha so 1976 it was more like a memorabilia like elvis's jacket Mm. and the ruby slippers and uh the first one was more the of the the things that you would only see in dc so right like a traveling smithsonian right so my my wife is a teacher and she got inspired and wrote the children's book the 1947 freedom train if anybody's interested in that they can go uh check out her website at uh, freedomtrainforkids.com freedomtrainforkids.com and it's an engaging colorful uh, well illustrated book um that gives parents and teachers a creative way to teach patriotism and love for country and love for our veterans. I'm a veteran, but I I was in for 10 years, but I was not asked to, you know, do anything like go into combat. The beautiful thing about our veterans, every single veteran, this is why uh, my heart goes out to, to, to a veteran, why we need to thank veterans uh, and to honor who they are because while you may not have, you were willing to fight. You signed that dotted line that the military is the military for a reason. We can talk about education. We can talk about learning a skill. The bottom line to somebody who joins the military, the underlying purpose of the military is to fight. That's it. You're a soldier first. When you're, you're a an soldier army. first. Absolutely. Amen, brother. And you are willing to fight and, and ultimately die for your country. Uh, every single veteran, including Tim Maggard. Thank you for your service, brother. It means I appreciate that, Joe. Really, I do. So, so anyway, I ended up finding out about an organization called the House of Heroes that they do minor home repairs for veterans and their widows. And I uh, was on my way up to Nashville to meet with a friend of mine, Joe Beck, who we decided to write the song um, House of Heroes to honor them. And they, they, they adopted it as their theme song. Then that led me to they they'll do uh, events where they'll have people that all they'll get contractors and volunteers and they'll go in and they'll just uh, remodel somebody's home that needs needs help. And then when I'm part of it, I'll get to 
sing the national anthem in their yard. They'll, all the workers will come around and we'll have a ceremony where we'll honor the veteran or the widow. And then I'll sing the song House of Heroes. And those are some of my best memories. I've, I've sang that in several states and yards of veterans all over. Um, and then I, I also, one of the, one of the uh, things that is associated with House of Heroes was we went and planted the first one in Arizona. And I met some women that are part of the Blue Star Mothers of America, which they're women who have kids that are in the military. And they send care packages all over the world. Um, and one of them asked me to write a song, you know, inspired by them. And so I did. It's called A Piece of Home. When they heard it, they invited me to play at their national convention uh, out in San Francisco, the Marine Club in San Francisco. Um, and I tell you, uh, sitting in front of 600 women, who have children in the military, who their children are, are putting their lives on the line for our country. That was a, an amazing, emotional, uh, inspirational, you know, time that I had with them. And in fact, I, I've done it again since then in, in Flint, Michigan with them. It was their 75th anniversary that they invited me to play at in October. And then I also have a song that um, is a, a link in the chain of freedom and that celebrates generational service. And I um, partnered with the National Infantry Museum, which is the uh, USA Today's best free museum, two years running. And it's in Fort Benning, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia. And they, they, we did a music video. Um, I think there's over, last time I saw it, there was over half a million views or so on it. And um, for an indie, independent artist, that's pretty good, you know, on the views section, I guess. Sure. Um, but um, so they play it on their IMAX for all the basic trainees that go through Fort Benning and um, as a part of their history lesson. And so all these songs, and I've written many more, I, I'm part of an organization called Operation Song that we do. Um, songwriter retreats with people with PTSD and families with PTSD in their family. And we'll listen to their story, we'll write the song, and then I recorded uh, three of those songs. And so all these different songs that are on here um, became a show. And um, I created this, this live stage show where um, I have interviewed veterans from every generation and I got them on video asking them the question, what do you want the world to know about the people you serve with? And I asked that question because most veterans don't want to talk about themselves, but they'll talk about other veterans, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's been it's, in those interviews are, along with interviews I did with moms and wives and kids of veterans. Um, they're all sprinkled throughout the show and um, it's, it's a patriotic celebration of faith and uh, the, the strength of our faith, the strength of our families, and, and the strength of our military, and honoring and thanking our military. So uh, the New American Freedom Train Show, we celebrate faith, family, and country, basically. That's what it's about, man. Hey, man. Uh, you know, we've gotten to take it to seven states. Um, we had a New American Freedom Train Show float in the National Memorial Day Parade in D.C., which cool. we performed in front of the Secretary of Defense and the Joint Chiefs of Staff on Constitution Avenue on TV. Um, it was a pretty, pretty awesome. I, I followed John Michael Montgomery. He was, he was on and then I, then our float came on and, you know, Tony Orlando, when we were doing the, uh, the mic check, uh, I sang, sang and Tony Orlando came running out of the stands. He came up to me. He's man, you're singing your country butt off, dude. <laughs> Having Tony Orlando come up, man. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. So it, it's been really, a, a amazing journey. We were honored to, uh, 
play at an event that Nashville put on called the Nashville Salutes the Medal of Honor, uh, where they had they had 27 Medal of Honor recipients that they honored. They had a big thing at the Opry with the stars. Then they paraded them down Second Avenue in uh, convertibles, and then they brought them into the Wild Horse Saloon where they had a huge breakfast honoring them, giving their stories. The president of the Medal of Honor Foundation spoke and then introduced us as the finale of the show so or the, or the event, and it was just a true honor to be there. It certainly sounds like a, a truly inspiring event. Logistically, how do you pull it off? It all depends on you know who we're working with. So I'll give an example. In Connecticut, we played in Hamden, Connecticut. Uh, the House of Heroes up there partnered with the uh, Veterans Council of their town. They partnered with Hamden Middle School. We partnered with Hamden Middle School's choir. So part of the show, we incorporated kids' choir if available. And then we'll use uh, kids to from their, that school to um, read from the founding documents as part of the show also. The venue had its own sound um, and uh, video capabilities. So we bring uh, a band of six people and then a video technician. We had a show at the school for uh, 800 sixth through eighth graders. Uh, they had to write a essay to get to go to the show. And I'm telling you, man, Having six, eight, 608, or no, 806 through eighth graders literally in the palm of my hand, listening to my every word, talk about um, how uh, faith is, is important in the founding of our country, how uh, family is critical in the foundation of our country, and honoring veterans in front of these kids. We, in a, it, we even had a, a letter from the principal thanking, I mean, just, he was just amazed. And the social studies chair, she was part of the, the project getting us there. She was just absolutely amazed at how we, how engaged those, those sixth through eighth graders were. So we did a show there. And then that night we had a community show. We're same location. We used the, the auditorium. We invited the community and then, um, we did a fundraiser for the house of heroes the next night. And so that's sort of how we work it in. Uh, we did another show down in uh, Lakeland, Florida, uh, victory church, Lakeland. It's like 3000 seat church down there. Wow. And, um, they did, they had us down for their July 4th celebration. The thing I like about big churches, they already have all the video and audio and the, the teams in place to do it. So I don't, I, we're still an independent, I'm an indie artist and we're, we're not to the point where we travel with all the production equipment yet. So what will somebody experience from this show? Just kind of run us through the show. Tell us what it's about. What we do is there's a, there's a, um, it's called a MIA POW table ceremony where we have a, we always have a table that has a place setting for one and there's different things on it, a rose and a plate, a salt, lemon, um, all those uh, things that are on the table are representing something and there's actually a table ceremony. So someone in a dress blue uniform will come out and introduce himself and say, before we get started, we'd like to have you have your attention to this table over here, if you notice, and they'll do, they'll tell what everything is about. And then my fiddle player will come out and uh, play uh, Amazing Grace on the fiddle. And then we go into this series of videos that it starts with a narrator of a Revolutionary War soldier talking about the people he served with, then a Civil War uh, African-American nurse who's talking about the old soldiers and how we need to honor them, uh, a portion of a diary of a World War One soldier. And then I start my uh, the live videos 
going from World War II to Korea to Vietnam to to current. And then that leads into the music video that I have of a link in a chain of freedom. And then um, after that, that's the opening of the show. Um, and then I, I sing God Bless America, uh, acapella, and then we go into a song that's called America Don't Forget Me. Honestly, I've had standing ovations when we get through that opening wow. of the show. So, wow. And then it goes on from there. We, we uh, talk about, uh, I'll, I'll introduce the story of the Freedom Train. Uh, as I'm telling the story about the Freedom Train, the band's sort of grooving along, and, and then I'll say something like, uh, you know, when they got on board, they got to see things like the Declaration of Independence and the band will stop and a kid will read out of the Declaration of Independence. Same thing with the Bill of Rights, same thing with the Constitution. And then if there's a choir available, then we'll um, have a kid's choir. I'll say, you know, on any given day, you could have hear, heard a kid's choir singing a patriotic medley as they were waiting for the train to come in. The whole purpose of that train was to reinstill a sense of uh, uh, understanding of where we came from as a nation, how we became this this type of nation and uh and to increase morale post-war morale the the vision that i have is this show could could serve as sort of a new type of of a freedom train where we're we're reminding everyone of the faith that it took to build this country and and how it, it was truly families that got together and put this country together and and it was the military our first core that we ever created was the uh, chaplain's corps and the mission for of the chaplain's corps was to minister to the spiritual and emotional needs of the soldiers and uh so um in in that i'm, I'm talking along about that and, and there's a big family component to it so i sing about um, family celebrate the family in today's day it seems that patriotism is is not as popular as it used to be when i was growing up it was it was an honor to wave the flag and to have your flag out on the flagpole in your on your house. It just seems today that that we are losing a sense of patriotism. Now I, you know, of course the world has gotten smaller. We have to be concerned with the rest of the world, I guess you could say. But we are still the greatest nation in the history of the world, and God has blessed this nation. It I just get the get the sense that that patriotism is almost looked down upon in today's day. So projects like this are, are important. Tim, what does patriotism, what does this country mean to you personally? Well, you know, um, I don't know if you've seen that latest Gallup poll um, that says that we're at an all-time low of people saying that they're extremely proud to be Americans. It's down to 47% in um, 20, 2003, it was at 70%. Uh, 47% to 70% is it was the drop. We recently wrote another song called A More Perfect Union. It's an organization called We the People Society. I wrote it with uh, Billy Sprague and, and Joe Beck. But the guy that, um, his name's Toby Warren. He's starting this We the People Society. And they're devoting themselves to improving civility in our nation, improving kindness. They asked us to write write this song. You know, he also asked to write a 300-word essay on what it means to be a more perfect union. When I think of patriotism, uh, I think of that that scene in Saving Private Ryan when the captain is getting ready to die, uh, Tom Hanks, and Private Ryan is there, and he's looking at him, and he says, uh, make sure you live in a way that 
it, this is worth it. Yeah. Earn you this, know? earn this, earn yeah. this. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. And that's what I think about when I think about a more perfect union of building a more perfect union. Uh, I think of us all living in such a way that, that we earn the right and we earn what we have based on the sacrifice that's taken to, to get us here. And so we celebrate that sacrifice. We, we acknowledge it. We honor it in a way that we live. To me, that, that's, that's what patriotism really to me is. Well, this is an important project. You are actually looking for sponsors for the show. Um, of course, there's costs involved and you're an independent uh, artist. If somebody wants to look into sponsoring the New American Freedom Train show, how can they do that? First, you probably want to find a little bit more out about us. You can go to our website um, at newamericanfreedomtrainshow.com. That's newamericanfreedomtrainshow.com. You can always call me um, at 334-614-0163. I'll talk to you anytime about what we're doing. And then you can email me at timmaggart at att.net. And uh, I'd love to talk because, yeah, the, the, the vision, you know, is huge. I mean, we want to be, we want to be carrying this message to every, you know, every city in the country. And we would love to be, you know, going into schools, churches, senior living communities, uh, community theaters, and just blasting the the community with a, a celebration of our nation and of the faith and family and this and families that, that have made it the way it is in the, and the military. So I'm going to ask you a question that every singer songwriter hates. I'm looking at this CD, New American Freedom Train Show, an inspiring musical experience celebrating America. Uh, on this CD are 17, uh, are 17 songs. Of those 17 songs, Tim, which means the most to you? Well, you know, most songwriters say their favorite song is the one they just wrote. <laughs> so my newest song is a, a more perfect union <laughs> and literally um, that song when I write when I wrote it when I think about it when I sing it I just think of all the people and I know you know a lot of people that are doing amazing things in the background uh, to help make our our nation better um, I think about the, the people who run House of Heroes and the, the women who are, are Blue Star moms and their children. I think about all the, the, the military soldiers and, and sailors and airmen and Coast Guard. And I think about the church groups um, that, that go into the communities and make a difference every day. And that, that's what it all looks like in creating a more perfect union. So sort of since, since writing that song, literally that's, that's the lens I look at. I look at it through and it, and it's all, I believe comes right from scripture and, and how uh, the kingdom of God is, is within us. And, um, it's how it's expressed through especially believers, you know, that, that or in, in our society, you know. So I, I believe that, you know, the founders understood that when they, when they wrote the preamble and, and they wrote the Declaration of Independence. Um, a lot of them had gone to uh, seminary. A lot of them were men of God. Um, they understood scripture and uh, they understood that we weren't perfect, but we want to build something more perfect. And that's going to take, there's a line in there, like the United uh, lives of America. Um, and, and that's what, that, that's what, you know, especially in the Christian community and especially in the church, it's the, the global church. Um, that, that's who we need to be. Our united lives in impacting the, the, the world and, um, our nation for his kingdom. 
and letting him make us a more perfect union, you know. Let's take a a minute and listen to A More Perfect Union by Tim Maggart. From the shores of tyranny Through the perils of the sea For a chance at liberty They came, they came Driven by divinity With a dream of equality Carrying our destiny of their vision toil and sacrifice their sacred honor treasure and their very life tim how did you personally come to believe in jesus christ i was somewhat of a rebel my dad or my parents got divorced when i was four and like many other people out there my real dad died when i was uh, 15 and after that i got real rebellious and then uh, but I somehow managed to make it out of high school. My parents gave me luggage for high school graduation, and I went on a senior trip and came home, and they said it's time to hit the road. So um, I had to find somewhere to go, and so I was uh, sort of homeless for a little while, then ended up moving in with my sister and these other couple guys. Honestly, it was a constant party-type house. And one night, I was my sister had this Bible. It was sitting next to me in the kitchen somehow. And we had had a party, and there was like a lot of you know, bottle beer bottles and that kind of stuff around the house, and some people passed out. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I need a new life, you know. And I reached over to grab my sister's Bible, and I opened it up to John three three, where Nicodemus comes up to Jesus and says, "How do I get enter the kingdom of God?" And Jesus said, "Well, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God." And he said, "Well, how does that happen? Do I get back into my mother's womb?" And he said, "No, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's which is born of the flesh is flesh." And I was like, man, what does that mean? I didn't know what that meant. And then so I opened back up the Bible and, and that verse in Corinthians where Paul says, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, new things come. I closed that and I was like, that's what I need. I really do need that. I, I went in and got down on my knees and, and just prayed. What I didn't really know how to pray, really. Um, and I just said, God, I need to be born again. I need you to make me born again. And to make a long story short, I ended up having a friend that was a backslidden Christian. And we started talking about it. He was witnessing to me and telling me about it. And he and I uh, prayed again. He gave his life back to the Lord. And I get, I totally 100% you know, devoted my life to the Lord. And then I went to Walden's bookstore to buy a Bible. I didn't know anything about Christian bookstores or anything like that. <laughs> so I go and buy the Bible and this girl asked me why I'm buying the Bible. And she said, and I said, well, um, I've been born again. Jesus changed my life and I want to read about him. You know, she said, well, have you have found a church yet? And I said, well, no, I, I'm sure I need to do that. She said, well, why don't you come to my church? So um, I went to her church that night and or actually it was the next night. And she said, well, I want you to tell my pastor about what happened to you. And so I did. And he said, well, that is so amazing. He said, have you been baptized yet? And I said, no. And he said, well, we're having a baptism today. And uh, so I said, well, let's do it. I'd love to get baptized. And so I got baptized in a, in a, it was actually in the pool of an apartment complex in Arizona State University, which is uh, an area that um, I had a friend that I was actually staying with some friends that I would stay on their couch at night whenever they had, you know, they would let me before I moved in with my sister. And so it was that 
uh, apartment complex that I got baptized in. And, and then uh, the Lord put me into a, an amazing church where I grew and the Lord led me from there. Did you grow up in a Christian home? I grew up going to church, um, but I never really heard about being born again or gotcha. um, having a personal relationship with with Jesus and that, that kind of thing. It was, it was, and I'm sure that you know, people in our church had that. I, it was just you know, I never really caught on. I guess right. This conversion experience happened uh, like early adulthood, right? Right, eighteen. Uh, I was right eight, out of high school. Eighteen years the, old. The fall after high school. Did your family actively worship God? Did they actively pray? Did they? Did yes, they... we did in, in, in our own way. I think um, my parents both believe are believers. I think I I was just a confused young man that I didn't really have the uh, I, di- I didn't really allow the Lord to speak to me in the ways that I know that he was he was involved in our churches. I do believe. I just never really heard it. Have you ever had a time since you really drew that line in the sand? that you doubted your faith or even the existence of God coming from a divorced family and then having my dad die when I was 15 Jesus really literally became my father and he literally took me from a from being a confused young man he took me down this path uh where he taught me um things I needed to learn uh for example I never felt like I was good at fixing things or doing any kind of carpentry type stuff. And so he led me into being a laborer on a construction crew and then taught me I became a carpenter. Of all things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went, I I was a, I ended up uh, having a desire to learn. Our church was supporting an orphanage in Mexico. I took this Spanish immersion course at the University of Northern Arizona um, and learned Spanish, went down um, and spent a a semester um, working at that orphanage. I can still speak Spanish today because of it. I, he led me to this mission, parachurch missions organization called Calvary Commission in Lindale, Texas. Um, and I went through their missionary training, um, went to, did some outreaches in Mexico, did some outreaches in, in prisons, um, then moved back up to uh, Oakland, California, where a friend of mine offered me a job as a carpenter. But I just ba- basically I wanted to learn more about how to build houses. I originally thought that I was going to become a missionary, and that's why I was going that direction. Up there, I met my wife, and um, I got involved in a strong men's ministry. started realizing that our nation needs strong Christian men to influence our, our nation. I got a burden for our nation, um, but I also got a burden to, to be a, a, a lay person and not in the ministry, per se, in the professional ministry. And so I had to figure out a way. My wife, we got married, and my wife got pregnant on our honeymoon. And I had to figure out a way to make a living. And so to make a long story short, the Lord said, you're going to join the army. You're going to become a physical therapist, go through army, the uh, Baylor university, get your master's. The, um, the military is going to you know, pay your way through that. And literally he, he spoke to me. It's almost like one of those al- almost uh, audible voices you can hear occasionally. So I did it. I called this guy, uh, First, before I did, I called this guy over at Letterman Army Medical Center, told him what I was thinking. He said, look, if you think you're going to join the Army to become a therapist and go to the Baylor, you might as well just not do it because it's not going to happen, you know. But I knew that the Lord told me to do this, and so we joined as a private. Um, we, I, we went through. I became a physical therapist assistant in the Army and then got my bachelor's at night while we had our family, and I was working full-time 
during the day, got my bachelor's at night. And then the Lord got me into this. It's called the U.S. Army Baylor Program in Physical Therapy, where they commission you to go to Baylor University and, and get your uh, degree in physical therapy. Um, there's like 600 applicants. I was like one of 15. So here, this kid that barely, I, got, I graduated from high school with a 1.8 GPA, ended up getting a full scholarship where I was paid to get my degree in physical therapy from Baylor University. And, and that's all because my father led me in that way. So when you ask that question, uh, do I ever question my faith? I, I honestly, that's what sustained me. Uh, knowing what the Lord has done in my past, in my life, not that I haven't you know, strayed in my mind or strayed in different areas over the years, but there's, there's never been a question that God is real. Jesus changes people's lives and he wants to literally become our father perfect father gotten us through 31 we've or 31 we passed 31 years of marriage yeah every i think every marriage struggles out there and we had struggles and um but the lord in that there there was a time when we, i was even wondering if we were going to make it there's a song on this cd it's called taken and the lord reminded me uh why i fell in love with my wife you know i needed to remain uh faithful to my commitment to her and uh so and right then i i wrote this song taken you know we we are best friends my wife and i are just best friends and i'm so thankful that uh we remain faithful to our commitment to each other and and so i i attribute that all that to to my faith in the lord when did when the patriotism patriotism become so important to you and the dovetailing of patriotism and faith. When did that become so important to you and why? Well, I've always loved history. Um, and I know the, the history of our country. And I know faith was a foundation of, of creating our country. And everything good has come from the blessings of our Lord and Savior. Um, the blessings of liberty, um, as the founders called it. You had said earlier that our country is the greatest country ever, and, and we were the, we're the most giving country. We've given more to uh, the world uh, financially and resources than any country has ever given, and it's all an outgrowth of our foundational faith. As we move away from that, if you think about those four pillars I was talking about, faith, family, military, and work ethic— um, and serve, I, and I, in that I, I include servant service, uh, like public service too with the military servant. So, um, our law enforcement and firefighters and all those that, that are public servants, they, they deserve our honor. They deserve thank you. Now, does that mean that every person who served in the military are, are an amazing person? No, I mean, there's some, some of those words that we were talking about probably can fit to uh, a, a lot of those, you know, and they're not, no, you know, and, and the institutions themselves aren't always perfect, you know. It makes me sad to see where the chaplaincy has gone. Um, I mean, I've seen chaplains literally being reprimanded for preaching the gospel. I mean, yeah, that, like, that's just what like, did you think such, their job was? That, you know? That's so far from the, the what does chaplain mean? Right. I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know, that's sort of how, well, I had another moment of, I've had really two of these moments. One, when the Lord told me I was going to be a physical therapist. Another was when we were planting that house of heroes out in Arizona. I wasn't sure I'd been worship leader. I had written, I have a couple of other, you know, more of a 
folky type uh, Christian records that I wrote and recorded. I wasn't sure I was I was starting to write these inspirational country songs. I wasn't sure where I fit in in the Christian community, really, with my music, because it's all inspirational. It's all positive message um, music. And so when I was out in Arizona, we were getting ready to go to the event and there was a Medal of Honor recipient on the being interviewed. And the uh, newscaster asked, well, what, what can we do to help those that are coming back from war? And he said, well, first you can help them get a job. They need a job. And then he said, and then just thank and honor them for what they've done. Immediately, that was like a rhema word from the Lord to me. He was saying, that's what I want you to do with my music. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really like writing straight out front songs necessarily. You know, they're more just inspirational. He's like, you honor and thank them. I'll do the rest, you know. And so um, then, you know, he's he's blessed me with several songs that are uh, straight up you know we still trust um uh american blueprint a uh, lot of love is another song is on their fate with a lot of we we all need a little faith a little hope and a lot of love and uh you know there's just uh that's really what drives me finally as we wrap up tim what would you say to that person that right now is not necessarily a believer but they're right on faith's edge making that choice to believe or not to believe in god I would encourage them to ask the Lord sincerely to remove the uh, blinders from their eyes and to be able to allow them to see the world, to look out at God's creation. You can see his wonders throughout creation, look into his word and just open it up, especially the New Testament. Open up the word and, and, and start reading uh, about Jesus and what Jesus taught. Any anyone that is right there on faith's edge, uh, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to you through through the Word of God. If you truly seek Him, you will find Him. He promises that. I don't think we can say anything more than that. The project is New American Freedom Train Show, both the CD and the show. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Hey, Joe, this has been an honor. I've loved talking with you, man. I could talk with you all day. <laughs> Tim's website is timmaggart.com. That's T-I-M-M-A-G-G-A-R-T.com. And you can follow him on Facebook as well as YouTube. All these links can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 122. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 122. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertained you, if it encouraged you, if it informed you or brought value to your life in any way whatsoever, Will you consider using any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com? We'll get a modest commission for your purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to Tim Maggart for joining us, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you, and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. I think what people fail to realize, maybe it's because we're so far removed from that time, from 
over 200 years ago is everything this country has, everything this country is about is a direct result of Judeo-Christian values and our economy. We have the strongest economy. Even talking about capitalism, you and I have not broached this subject. I don't know how you feel about it, but capitalism in and of itself is a Judeo-Christian value. The generosity of this country. We are the most giving nation, not only in, internally to each other, but to other nations, to other countries. George Orwell, which we're in eerily becoming much like the 1984 book that he wrote, he said, if you control the past, you control the present. And if you control the present, you're going to control the future. Our past has been attacked by the enemy, I believe and rewritten and questioned. The bottom line reality is, is these families came together. They, they moved here looking for freedom, freedom to worship their God. They created these communities. When they created a community, they built a church in the middle of the community and, and that's where they would all worship together. They branch out and then those communities became cities and then those cities became states all along the way. Faith and Christianity was central to what we were doing. Central. Unfortunately, you know, there's been some things in the past that have put a blight on that. For example, you know, slavery. I mean, unfortunately, we participated in that uh, world scheme of things. Some of our founders did. The percentage of people that I think own slaves, um, I've read anywhere from 8 to 10% of the population at any given time ever owns slaves. So that, that it was the Christian church who rose up and led to the abolition of slavery. And then it was the American abolitionist movement that spread throughout the Americas, throughout Central and South America. We can either focus on um, how the enemy got in there through through the negatives, or we can focus on you know, how the Lord's and God's people impacted society. There's a great book um, called uh, Revivalism and Social Reform by Timothy Smith. And he looks at the, the way our society has been impacted by the great revivals. And I, I, I believe that, that we're on the verge of having another one in our country, honestly. So, yeah, uh, Christianity is, is, is key cornerstone judeo-christian values are, are what we've been built on not only not only a key co cornerstone the i strongly believe it is the absolutely foundation i agree with you of everything this country is has believes in and does is based on judeo-christian values whether we know it or not whether we like it or not or whether we agree with it or not the truth is this country, everything we are is Judeo-Christian values. And, and, and the enemy does not like that.